Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hello Mentor. Uh, today's episode was actually recorded via Zoom uh, because of the movement control order in Malaysia. Um, so the sound quality might change a little bit from the usual uh, episode, but the conversations are nevertheless still just as interesting. Today we have Julian Yi with us. Uh, Julian is a uh, national figure skating athlete. Uh, he represented Malaysia at the 2018 Winter Olympics, uh, which made him the first Malaysian Winter Olympian. Uh, he's also a two-time SEA Games champion, seven-time national champion, and the director of the Julian Yi Skating Academy. Um, and with that, let's start the conversation. Hello. Hey! Hi. Hey, Julian. Hi. Hi. How's, it, How's going? it going? Good. Yeah, Not too yeah. bad. How's, Holding how's up everything here. <laughs> Not too bad. Like. I think everything is getting is like slowly getting back. Uh, restrictions are easing up. So generally, we're getting back into into how life was, but with some slight differences. Oh, is, it, is it also lockdown in Canada right now? Yeah, so we, we started off with a, with a lockdown um, mm. in terms that only essential businesses were allowed to open. So mm. everything stopped for quite some time. And then as, as time went by, we slowly sort of eased restrictions. We go by stages. So right now we're in stage two, which is mm. really not too bad. Most of the places are open. Uh, restaurants are still only open for takeaway and um, if you have outdoor seating. But if not... Um, we're slowly getting there, so it's a good sign. Mm. And so, so, and it sounds, sounds like you're pretty much stuck at home for the last yeah. what, one, two months. Yeah. Like, how does that feel for someone like you who is like, <laughs> obviously needs to train right all the time? Yeah, so a lot of things happened uh, so quickly that you know we, we just had to adapt really fast. And we, we ended up um, doing a lot of off-ice off training, uh, which is normally what we do as well but not as much as compared to when we didn't have ice. So we just sort of tried to adapt the, the whole training program. Um, some classes were on Zoom as well, um, just to, to make the best out of the situation. Huh? Right, right. Off-ice training, I imagine, would be like just like general fitness kind of like workout. Yeah, so pretty much uh, workouts, um, cardio, strengthening and all that. Um, and then we also have some uh, ballet or dance classes as well. So that's just all mostly through Zoom or do it on your own. Because mm. uh, I, if not mistaken, I think in Malaysia, when they first locked down, you're not even allowed to leave your house for a job, right? Around the house. You yes, have right. to stay within your house compound. Uh, whereas in Canada, I think because we have more space, so we're allowed to leave the house just whenever you're in, let's say, a, a park or whatever, um, you have to just social distance yourself from, from everyone else. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you talked about ballet and all that, which is what is, so I can kind of jump into one of my first questions. Cause obviously I, yeah. I did, you know, <laughs> we did a bit of research as to what uh -huh. figure, skate, figure skating is. Um, yeah. So you're obviously well known for figure skating. And I found that there's this other thing called ice dancing and then there's ice skating. Uh -huh. So, so what's, what's the, for like, <laughs> like me, uh, <laughs> what's the difference actually okay. between say ice dancing and figure skating? Because I mean, from, it looks the same if I look at it. It, it does to the general public. It, it's kind of hard to tell. So let, let's break it down. So <laughs> let's just say ice skating is a very general term for the sport. Uh, ice skating can be figure skating. It can be just you're going on the ice for fun 
or it can also be considered as ice hockey or speed skating. Ice skating is the general name. And then we go into disciplines. So like I said, we have figure skating, then we have ice hockey, we have speed skating, and so on and so on. Um, and then within figure skating itself, we break it down even more. <laughs> so figure skating is the general branch of the style of skating. So the sport itself, right? Mm. And then within figure skating, we have five more disciplines. So the, the two simple ones that we normally see are men's single and ladies single, meaning you skate by yourself, men's and ladies. And then we have ice dance, which is what you mentioned, uh, which is uh, typically two skaters, uh, one male, one female, and then they have different elements on the ice. Um, and then we have pairs as well, which is also a male and a female skater. So the difference between pairs and ice dance is the elements that we do in the program. Mm. So with pairs, there are jumps, there are spins, and there are throws, you know, where the, the guy throws the girl up into the air, she turns, I don't know, two, three rounds, and then he catches her, puts her back on the ice. So that's pair, pair skating. Ice dancing is more to really as what it is dance. So every year there is a set style of um, music that they have to follow and they have to do their program to that set. For example, let's say one year they have to do to the style of um, blues or jazz. So then they have to choreograph a program to a jazz style song. And then the next year they switch it up, maybe hip hop and they have to do something to a hip hop style. So, Ice dance is more towards the artistic side of, of skating. Uh, there are no jumps in ice dance, whereas single skating for men's, ladies, and pairs have jumps. Right, right. So it sounds like ice dancing sounds more like the, um, yeah, as you mentioned, like more artistic. They focus more on the creativity yeah. of the they, performance. Correct. Right? So a lot of it is more on, on um, like the, the artistry and also the, the quality of the skating. Um, in, in singles and, and pairs, we also focus on that, but we have a different element as well that we take into consideration, which is the jumps. Mm. So the way our scores are broken down into is, is slightly different in, in that sense, if you look at it from a very technical point of view. Mm-hmm. So, there's, yeah. so there's overlap, but I suppose figure skating uh, includes some... Um, uh, they, they, they also judge you based on your technique, right? Some, some so, like. yeah, yeah. So, it's funny because the way they judge you in, in ice dance, so everything we do on the ice, we have we call it elements. So, if I jump, that's called an element. If I spin, it's called an element. So, mm-hmm. in ice dance, it's everything's the same. It's called elements as well. It's just there's no jumps. But instead, they'll say, okay, you have to do this certain pattern of dance. That is your element. So... Yeah, in, in general, it's it's mostly a really just artistic and, and, you know, getting in tune with the music and all that. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so before before we jumped on on the call, uh, I mean, we had like a mm-hmm. quick chat earlier and I was just yeah. telling you that when I was young, I was like your age, I was like <laughs> always at home, like watching TV and all that. And, and you've <laughs> done so much, you know, like, so that's quite amazing. I one of the things that we tried to kind of understand your background when doing research, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and um, and it wasn't, uh, it didn't really quite come up. But um, like, what what do you do at university, actually, Julian? What like, do I you, do? Yeah, like yeah, you, you graduated, <laughs> I, right? Like you graduated. Uh, no, actually, I I haven't I haven't graduated yet. Unfortunately, I. It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> we have time for long so, stories, but like, yeah, what happened? So. Um, 
it's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. It's just that I'm, I'm always behind my friends because of skating. Um, so the, the, the thing is, after I graduated from high school in 3KL, um, I went straight to university the, the year after, uh, back home in Malaysia for a year, a year and a half or so. And then I took a gap year. So I took a break from there. And um, that, that was because I had to go for training and I wanted to, to uh, make it for the Olympics. So I decided, you know, I have to leave the country. I need to train somewhere else uh, to get the full, the full experience and exposure. And uh, that's when I came to Canada. So because of that, I took time off university. And then after the Olympics, uh, I said, you know what? I, I got to finish up my studies. I have to continue everything. And uh, that's when I got back to university here in Canada. So because of the gap year, I'm, I'm not done yet. Whereas all my friends are already done. Right, so I have right, a, year, right. a year left, one year left. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what, what does like um, someone that's into like doing figure skating in the Olympics, what does someone like you study? <laughs> What's the what subject? do I study? So the, you yeah. know what? Uh, that's a good question. Cause a lot, a lot of other skaters is what they, they do study. Um, and I find a lot of them actually do things in related to uh, sports. So whether they do sports science or, you know, being a physiotherapist and all that. Uh, I, on the other hand, wanted completely something that is no relation to sports. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing a human resource right now. Yeah. That is so interesting. Uh, oh. Yeah. So that, that, that was how that for me, it was, it's more like, okay, I, I want something else besides sports. Cause I, I've been doing sports my whole life. So I figured, you know, it's good to try out something else too. And, you know, balance out life a little bit there. Mm. Um, just so that I'm not only stuck to know one thing, I, I have a, a, maybe a bit more, a slightly bit more of a choice there to, mm. to look at. <laughs> mm. that, yeah. that definitely surprised me, human resource. And also because like <laughs> WAP is obviously, we are job platforms. So human resource is yeah. our thing. And, and, HR, and typically, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and typically you have like, um, for people who study HR, from what I know anyway, mm-hmm. also do some mm-hmm. people who obviously, they're, they're interested in business or like the business side, but like, business you know, side, not correct. necessarily in like sales and marketing and all that. So they thought, yeah. like, aren't you with the people side of business? Uh, so they study HR. Yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, for me, the, another reason why I, I wanted to do HR was because I, I found, I don't know if it's true or not, but what I find is that it's quite versatile. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can mix with HR so that my, my choices are not as um, limited when I'm looking for a job out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder what kind of job you'll be looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep my options open as much as I can. Open, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I was doing recruiting before, so, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting if you actually went and do that someday. So, yeah. I, so my ba- I actually studied accounting, so that was my uh-huh. background. And then I, okay, and I, then I did like, um, uh, so I was an accountant for a short while, and then I did like a headhunting, which is like uh-huh. sales slash HR. And now I'm doing like yeah. a technology, I'm running a technology company. So, um, okay, nice. Yeah, so I always believe that actually, yeah. you know, a lot of, you never know where things are going to go. I know, and, and, yeah. especially in this in this time, uh, you never know what, what's going to happen, right? It's, mm. Things can mm. just happen so quickly and all of a sudden, wow, okay, I'm doing this, you end up doing this. A lot of mm. people actually study and then end up doing something else, which oh, is totally yeah, fine, yeah. right? It's totally yeah, fine. Yeah, it's a yeah. good experience. So mm. that, yeah. Mm. It's very common, actually. Um, so just kind of rewinding back a little bit. So you started your first, in an interview, right? You, know, you mentioned that you mm-hmm. started your, First ever recreational competition in figure skating at the yeah. age of five. 
right? So yes. <laughs> how did that happen? Wow. <laughs> um, uh, and I think, as I mentioned, some I think in some interviews as well, uh, at the age of four, I started at four. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. So, uh, it was mostly my my mom, my parents just throw me on the ice and say, say skate, okay, I skate. Uh, so at the age of five, again, I still had no idea what I was doing. Um, I think my mom just signed me up for a competition and told me, okay, this is what you're going to do. And I just did it, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So it, it wasn't really my choice in that sense, but it was, uh, it, who knew it was going to be a start of a, a long journey. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's that's pretty much how I started my first competition. Basically, uh, my mom, my parents, um, and my coach say, "Okay, you're gonna join this competition," and and then I I just joined. <laughs> so you you could skate at the age of four. I started when I was four, you and and also when, when yeah when we say skate, I mean how much can a four year old really do? Uh, mm. Really, just go around skate. You can stand on your feet. You fall down. You can stand up. Uh, maybe one or two tricks and all that. Uh, but yeah, it was a stepping stone. Like, it's a small, like, small steps to getting getting better and better and better. But uh, yeah, like any four or five-year-old, you're just mostly playing around, I would say. Well, that's still, that's still impressive to me. I can't skate now. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> close to 40 already. You, not even 40. you know what? It's, it's actually, the younger you are and you start, right? It's because you're less, you're not, uh, you're fearless. You know, you're not afraid. So now I think if, if, if I were to start skating now, I would be like, oh my God, okay, uh, I don't know what will happen to me, you know, in, in, if I fall down one time and break my hand, then how am I going to continue work or whatever? So whereas when you're younger, you know, there's, there's no fear. You just go out there, you fall, you cry, you laugh. And then as, as that happens, you start to build a confidence. And by the time, by the time like two, three years after, it's, it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's still quite something. I mean, I, my, I have a daughter, uh, my daughter is three years old now and she like, uh-huh. she just, uh, she just learned how to walk not so long ago. And I can't it's imagine to, like someone. It's time to put her on the ice now. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. Learn right? to but walk and know. skate at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know that it's supposed to be hard. You just put them on the ice, right? It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and right, since you started at such a young age, at what point did you kind of figure out this is going to be your thing? Well, uh, I think there's two, uh, maybe about two points in my life where I figured, oh, wow, this is great. Um, the first was when I actually realized what I was doing. I think I was mm. maybe seven, seven years old. Like, oh, okay, I'm, this is figure skating. I actually know what I'm doing. Uh, but at the same time, it was still very, um, still very new to me. Okay, so as I was saying, um, I think I started to realize when I was about seven years old uh, as to what I was doing. And um, it felt great because, you know, uh, I, got, I got to compete and competitions for me was around Asia. So it was another kind of like um, benefit to compete because I can travel as well. Mm. And, and I really liked it, uh, made a lot of friends and all that. Um, but then after some years of skating, you know, a lot of sacrifices, um, a lot of times that, that I have to wake up early or sleep late because of skating, eventually it's sort of like, you know, stretched out too long. And I was like, oh my God, will this ever end? Why am I doing this? I kind of think having doubts of myself. And it came to a point where I felt like, you know what, I, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, um, I'm missing out so much in school with my friends. I have no social life, that kind of thing. And I think that was about, I think, 12, 12 years old, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, it was not just me. My my brother went, was a skater as well, and we both mm. felt the same way. Mm. Uh, it's but, like your rebellious uh, age, like 11, 12. Yeah, it could be a rebellious age or something, <laughs> or really like we just, you know, we missed too many birthday parties from friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that for me, that was that was the point of time where I was like, okay, I think I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but then uh, my mom's like, oh, no, keep trying, you know, just try. You cannot, you waste so much money and time already. I'm like, what? I need to start yeah. this. Uh, you know what? I should start me. <laughs> but I, at, at the same time, I did like it when, when I was skating, right? I, I don't deny that I, I didn't like it at all. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and at that point for me, it's like, you know what? Okay, let's just see um, what else I can do with skating. You know, I've put so much time and effort. If I were to quit at that time it would be a waste of of everything that i've done um mm. a waste of what my parents have put in for me so mm. uh, i carried it on and then i think i was 13 or 14 um i went to my first international like competitive competition because before this was all recreational correct so at that time we we, we just got our membership to uh, to allow us to compete with the with the big guns uh, out there and at that competition I I was amazed by the, the level of skaters that were there. They were insane um, compared to what I could do. Uh, back home in Malaysia at that time, I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? I can do this jam. Wow, yeah, sure. Kampong champion. Go out there. You get eaten alive by other skaters. Mm -hmm. So seeing uh, how how much more I had to uh, to catch up, you know, and to learn from other people as well, to see the difference in the level, that sort of made me realize that, okay, you know what, I have so much more that I can do with skating. And um, it, it really sort of just gave me the extra push to to see how far I can go with skating. Mm, yeah. mm. So it's kind of like you, you, you entered like this whole new world that you kind of yeah. didn't see before. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because we were so narrow-minded back then because skating was very new to us. So we didn't know much. Um, a lot of things that we did was just within our own community. And we, when we look at ourselves, we don't see how the, uh, the rest of the world is doing, whereas they're so much better than us. You know, um, and here we are, happy, happy. So when you go out there, you kind of half of me felt like, you know what, this is quite sad that, <laughs> that I can only do this. But the other half of me felt like, you know, I want, to be able to actually put up a, a, a fight against them to, mm. to make it a level competition. Cause at that time when I went out, it was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to even bother trying to beat them or what, as long as I don't fall down, I'm happy. That kind of thing. Mm. Mm. So it, it was like a, a two sided kind of thing for me. Right. So it sparked, it sparked something in you, but at the same time, obviously yeah. it's a bit scary, like, a bit daunting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Time. Correct. Right. Yeah, it, it sounds a bit like when, you know, when I first started, so I'm not from a tech background, so when I first started, uh -huh. walk, right, same thing, yeah. uh, like, I go, I, I thought I'm building, like, this little internet company, <laughs> and as soon as yeah. I start building things, then you get exposed to the world, uh, to, as you know, exactly. I start meeting yeah. other entrepreneurs in tech, and I realized how little I knew, and, and, yeah. and, and therefore, kind of, like you said, like it's a bit daunting. Like, it's like you know, yeah, like, it's, it's like a like, wake-up oh, wow. call in a way, yeah, wake-up call, like, oh, I feel yeah, like, so okay. much little you know, yeah. and then, and by the same time, it drives me to want to learn 
and to exactly. want to be better. Because the fact that you, you already uh, invested into it, you know, and then you feel like, okay, wow, maybe I can be like them as well. So that yeah, absolutely can relate a hundred percent. Yeah, but but also I think the one other difference is I mean for you right, you you started because you started at such a young age. I imagine that discipline and persistence is kind of been drilled into you very early on. <laughs> I, I can't imagine like at seven, what you said you are seven eight years old, you are like kind of I mean it's still recreation at the time, but you were yeah. really traveling to kind of compete, right? Yeah. All right. It, so it, yeah, definitely I think. Uh, because I started at a young age, waking up early for me has become normal. Mm. Um, a lot, especially when I get into to secondary school, um, I wake up early and okay, that's normal for me. Whereas a lot of friends are like, oh my God, it's so early, this, that, this, that, this, that. So mm. the, the discipline in a sense sort of became a norm for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, uh, were there any particular uh, memorable ice skating experiences that you've had? Memorable ice skating yeah, experience. Like over your top, <laughs> like the top one, like the one that kind of really stuck with you. Uh, I think, I think the most, the closest to my heart was probably when uh, it was the qualifiers for the Olympics. Mm. Um, that was like the icing on top of the cake. Um, mm. Knowing that all the hard work, the time, um, everything that I invested into it, my parents invested into it, my friends, um, all the support I had finally paid off. I think that mm. was something that really uh, I won't forget. It was just mm. a, a huge sense of relief. Literally mm. can feel like the bird, not, I wouldn't say burden, but the weight on your shoulders is lifted when, mm. when it happened. Yeah. Mm. Like, so you're, you're finally there. And yeah. It's like, you, like less, less one big worry because mm. there's always the thought of what if I don't make it, right? Mm. So mm. When, when the results came out and I knew that I had made it, that was just a huge relief. It's like, okay, wow. finally, I don't have to worry so much right now. It's oh, done. Wow. All I have to do is just keep myself healthy until the Olympics. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, what must that have felt like for you? I'm trying to imagine right? that you're kind of, oh. in a way, it's been validated, right? In some sense that you were it, good enough for the world stage. I imagine that was what's in your head, right? That, that particular year actually was quite, I'm not going to lie, it was quite stressful because that year was also the first time the Sea Games had um, ice skating, mm. and it happened to be in Malaysia. So you're in home ground. It's the mm. first time the sport has its debut, and mm. the country is sort of like banking on you to to make sure you do well, right? Mm. Because we want to show, okay, Malaysia first time, our Malaysian athletes can do it. So and that was like a month before the qualifiers for the Olympics. Mm. So that added sort of indirect pressure there. Made it quite quite a uh, a crazy year, Let's put it this way: crazy wow. in a good good and bad way. But I guess sometimes pressure does help me um, excel. Um, but yeah, that that year was really really different. Uh, a lot of a lot of thoughts going through my head, just trying to process things. Okay, think of plan A, plan B. What if this? What if this? You know, a lot of what ifs in, in my mind. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I understand it, uh, I think you grew up with a family of ice skaters. Is that right? Your your uh, skate. How was that? Like? Technically, yes and no. I mean, yes <laughs> my no. brothers oh, and okay. I all skated. Both both my brothers skated, right? So all three of us skated. Uh, my mom's learned how to skate the basics. She can walk on mm. the ice, mm. uh, but that was pretty much it. So she, the reason why we skated was because she wanted to try. So she brought all of us, my brothers and I. 
Uh, my dad doesn't skate. He, he just watched. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so she brought us on to the ring to skate. And then after a few years later, she, she stopped. And we carried on. Um, that's so interesting. Uh. That, that, I mean, that's yeah. interesting to me because, um, I mean, in terms of like, uh, as a parent myself, I can see like some parents, like they, they, they try, you know, make their kids like, you know, play tennis or, you know, play, like, do ice skating yeah. or go swim, right? And all that. And, yeah, but that exactly. kind of stuck with you, the ice skating part with you and it, your brothers. It, it did. I mean, it was a unique spot uh, for, for us. I think it was because it was indoors and it was cold. And Malaysia is so mm. hot. So mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. why not, right? We're going to stay in the air conditioned and all that. Um, plus, it was, it was, like I said, it's very unique. So mm. it, was, it was different uh, for us, that kind of thing. So, okay. So you started, in a way, it's almost like by chance, right? Because it's like your mom tried like doing ice skating, yeah. all of you. And then you guys just went on and you just, you know, just kind it's of... It's snowballed. Right? Yeah, it, it sort of right. snowballed into, into this thing. Because it, it started off mostly, I think, as like a family activity once mm. a week we go to the ring together we spend time as a family we're doing something uh that's exercising and all that so mm. it started off as that idea and mm. then we got more involved in the community started to know about competitions and all that and then mm. it just took off from there mm. that's interesting are you are you athletic by nature like do you play any no. other sport? <laughs> You're not. Okay. So I'm. 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 I consider myself athletic because of skating. So because I'm, I'm an athlete and I skate now. It's easier for me to, to try other sports. Mm. So I was, mm. I was not very natural at sports. Whereas my brother, he was, he's very natural at a lot of sports. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And um. Uh, do you watch any other sports? Are you a fan of any other sport other than ice? I'm not a fan. Uh, things I enjoy watching sports, but I'm not a hardcore fan. I don't follow. Uh, I don't follow to every game or anything. Like if it's on TV, sure I'll watch it. I enjoy it. Um, but it's not like a. I have to watch this because it's on now. That kind of thing. Oh, like, okay. Okay. Sometimes it's badminton on. Wow. Okay. Sure. Watch. Uh, mm. football on. Okay. Watch. Go to Mama. See football. Can. But it's okay. not like I'll purposely right. go there and to watch that kind of thing. Right. 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 Because yeah. I, I imagine that because you're you're obviously doing figure skating at like a really high level, and therefore when you look at other sports, there might be some appreciation, right, for what they do. Oh like, yeah, at, at definitely. Level, right? Like I, I can already imagine all the the behind the scenes that happen. You know, um, and and to 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 know what these athletes also go through is it's very relatable. A, a lot mm. of us athletes actually have a lot of similarities in in our mm. our backgrounds and all that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And was it figure skating? What do you think it would have been? Oh, <laughs> uh, this question. Uh, you know, I was actually leading up to this question. <laughs> you know what? I think I think honestly, it would be some sort of other winter sport. Um, because uh, before I, I started competing competitively, uh, my family and I, we, we used to go for ski trips uh, every year. Uh, so skiing, snowboarding, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And I still do, I just still do snowboard up until now. So I think it would probably be something along those lines. Mm. Uh, another another winter spot. Lah, that's what right, right, right. You, you, you enjoy the cold. Lah. 
sounds like. I yeah, I don't know why. I I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it. <laughs> After being here in Canada for some time, and when it's winter, it's like oh my god, can it just stop and change to summer? But yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird kind of thing. <laughs> Well, I hear the weather in Canada can be quite extreme. I had some Canadian it, friends yeah, before, it, it, and the same in the winter, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it and literally, does. you it, have to run out from your car to like the shop, even though it's like a short distance, yeah, because it's just you, too cold. Really, you don't want like whenever you go out, you want to park as close as possible. You know, like in Malaysia, we want to park as close as possible to wherever you want to go because it's so hot. You don't want to walk. Mm. It's the same idea, but because it's so cold, <laughs> <laughs> or you just don't leave the house at all. You stay at home. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, oh, wow. It's really cold. It can get up to like minus forty degrees sometimes. Ooh. So yeah, you you really just wanna stay indoors. Uh, and um, uh, so uh, one other thing which um, I learned about figure skating is like it's a fairly young sport, right? Julian? Yes, as far as I know, like, most skaters um, most skaters retire in their late twenties. I think yeah. most skaters like so. How That's how right. do you feel about this? You're what, 23 now, I think? Yeah, I feel like I'm getting old. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like halfway, right? In a, in a yeah, figure career. And you know what? It's it's getting younger and younger, the sport. Um, because these, these younger athletes are getting so much better and they're improving so fast mm. that they're actually taking over the sport. Um, mm. Which is, in a way, good, good to see that younger generations are, are doing much better than like I don't consider myself as a younger generation now. Maybe my competitors that are older than me consider me as a younger generation, but it has switched so fast that there are younger ones coming up. You know, we have 16-year-olds. So 16-year-old is basically the age where you're able to compete as a senior competitor, which means you're the highest level that you can compete at. Mm. So the minute you turn 16, you're eligible. And there's so many of them who are 16 years old right now. When they're, by the time they're 14, 15, they're just waiting for the age to be able to compete at senior because they're, what they can do is already at that level. It's just the age wow. that's holding them back. So wow. it's, it's getting really young and um, it's sort of in a way good because it's growing fast, mm. but not so good in a way that it's pushing a lot of the older skaters out of the sport because mm. we can't keep up with them. And mm. it's not to say that it's not fair. I mean, it's mm. completely fair. If we can't do it, we can't do it. You do it better. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if, if we're looking to balance out the age in the sport and not make it just such a young, young crowd, um, mm. it's it's something hard that, that to balance. I would say. Mm. And, and, and well, not being an expert, but I imagine there might be. Um, I, I don't use the word fair, but I suppose when you're like 14, 15 years old, right? Because your body is also uh-huh. different. There might be some yeah. things that are easier to do with that yeah. size so right yes and it's great you brought that up because a lot of it is that all these skaters who are really good at a young age they unfortunately they don't last as long in their mm. career because of whatever they've done to their body when they're young mm. you know to make sure that they stay in that shape mm. uh, by the time they reach maybe 18 they're burnt out already and then the mm. next person comes you know, mm. so it's, yeah, the, the body shape definitely plays a big role, right? Mm. Um, the wider you are, the harder it is for you to, to turn faster. And, mm. and also, I think it's, it's a development of technology. What technology has done has allowed us to start training a little bit more accurately at a younger age. 
which mm. sort of speeds up the process of how fast you improve. Mm. Right. So back, let's say 20 years ago, there's no such technology to tell you what you should eat better, how you should train, what muscles you can use to, to benefit. Whereas now there's so much data, there's so much technology put into cameras and all that to help with the training. And that's why it's gotten so much younger now with the sport. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned, like late twenties is the retiring age. Now you can, you can say about mid twenties already. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And there's still, there's still a handful who maintain up to until 30 years old, um, which is great, but they are really pushing to limit as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting. I can't imagine that, like, you know, obviously, I mean, like the corporate world for so long and people retire <laughs> yeah. like 60. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that. Like, so, so you're, so like, you're looking like, at this uh, and yeah. Yeah, like a, the figure skating athlete's life is, is like two steps. You retire from competitive, then you move on with life to whatever you want to do after that. That kind of thing. Some stay on with skating, some go to corporate jobs, some leave skating completely. So it's, oh. it's like a, you get to restart your life in a way. <laughs> mm, mm. I, I, I always wondered actually. I, I really genuinely always wondered. So, so, so some do go into corporate jobs, right? Like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the famous ones that we know always end up staying back with, with the sport um, mm. because either they, they love the sport so much, they, mm. they want to continue, they want to pass on their knowledge or they end up being judges and all that. And then there's also quite a few of, few of them who's like, you know what? Okay, skating has been great fun. That's good. Let's look at something that um, completely different. Mm, mm. Oh wow! Yeah, and then That's they go so proper jobs, start their own business, so so and so on. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Like I say you could start fresh. <laughs> mm, mm. And, and that, and hence why you study HR, I suppose. <laughs> I'm, like I said, I'm just keeping keeping my options open. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever fast forward into the future, you ever you know you're curious about career in HR, you can ring me up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, fast forward a bit to like the um, the uh, the Olympic Games, right? So yeah. you were there in in Korea in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So, what was the most memorable thing for you uh, then? <sighs> you know, I was I was very lucky for this Olympics. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I got to do so many things, I, I had a lot of opportunities. So, the whole experience itself was really memorable. Um, I got to um, run with the torch for the torch relay. Um, I got to nice. carry the flag into the stadium for the opening ceremony. Wow! And so, yeah, I, I was very fortunate to have all those opportunities, which was amazing. Considering it was my first Olympics, mm. um, yeah, I think. The most memorable probably is is when I was out there skating and competing my program. Um, I I gave it my all. Uh, I did I think quite a decent program. I think <laughs> it was yeah for my standards. I think it was quite decent. For some other people, maybe not so much. Uh, I was happy with how I performed, how I skated. And by the end of my program, when I finished, I was like, yeah, um, I was I was satisfied. I was happy with what I put out. And I remember at that point, right after I finished competing, um, we, we got the results, the scores came out. And normally after we get our scores, we walk through what's called a media zone. 
So that's where all the reporters will just stop you for a few questions and this and that. And one of the questions, they, they said, so how do you feel now? I said, I feel great. All I can do is just wait and wait for the results because uh, it's beyond my control already. Because at the Olympics, we have 30 skaters and only 24 make it to the final round. So for me, I, I made... I, I'm, I made my best score, I think, for that season. Mm. Mm. And that's why I was really happy. And uh, mm. like I said, I, I, it's no longer in my hands. However, other competitors skate, how the judges judge them, it's up to them. All I can do is wait. And um, yeah, even though I missed it by one spot, I came 25th. Mm. <laughs> I was oh, one wow. spot away. Uh, I, was, I was still very happy with, with, mm. with how, I, how I skated. And that for me was a great, a great memory because like it's not every day you get to skate at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So just finishing that program, that's when I can call myself an Olympian because mm-hmm. I actually competed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, and, 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 you know, I think the kind of follow up question I had was like, you mentioned that, like, you know, obviously you, you carry the flag, you carry the torch and everything. Right. And uh-huh. uh, earlier you also mentioned when, you know, we're competing for the SEA Games with all this expectation on you and the stress yeah. that follows it, <laughs> clearly, right? Um, There's... How... Yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, you know, everyone knows who you are. Everyone's, like, looking at the team and seeing <laughs> how you're going to do. <laughs> how do you cope with that? Do you, like, do you have any particular technique that you use to help you kind of keep level, you know, when the stress uh, comes? You know what? I think one... One way that I think would help a lot of people as well, not just myself, is to to have a laugh at yourself or at the situation. As stressful it may be, it will help alleviate some stress there. Uh, it's funny, the, the saying, laughter is the best medicine. It may not be the best medicine, but it does help every now and then. You know, what's going through my mind when I was carrying out the flag at the opening ceremony was, Julian, don't drop the flag. <laughs> Just make sure you walk and follow. Don't do anything stupid and don't drop the flag. You'll be fine. Right? So that was going through my head. Like, okay, wow. And the flag was actually quite heavy. So like, don't drop, don't drop, don't drop. Okay, you drop, you drop your face. You drop the whole country's face. That's it. So just having, you know, joking around, having a good laugh at that time. That, that sort of lightened up the mood a little bit. Get, get me a little more relaxed. Um, so that's one way that I, I approach things. Another way that I see this um, especially with, with the competitions, you know, Sea Games, Olympics, qualifying, all that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people always say, Julian, you can do it. I believe in you, you know. Um, a lot of people supported me and, and I was very thankful for that. So every time, whenever I had doubt in myself, I always say, um, so many people believe in me. I should believe in myself as well. You know, just giving yourself a little bit of self-talk there, saying that, you know, you're able to do this. Everyone can can trust you with it, you should be able to trust yourself as well. And having that that sort of self-motivation or self-talk really does help. You know, it sort of gives me a little bit more of that extra push to to do better. Mm, mm. No, I, I agree, right? Self-talk is very important. And, and yeah, sometimes, like, you know, if, if you, I mean, that finding the balance between pressure and you know, yeah. being cool with things, it's not easy. Because I, I think correct. one of the things that drives you to be successful is having that pressure. But you can go yeah. overboard, right? And then that's you got to find the good. fine line there that where you're able to, you know, like you said, take it in, in a positive way and, and, and 
use it to your benefit. Mm, mm. And, and, and that's also, like, yeah, laughter is the best medicine. I, 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 where I've heard this med, uh, saying before, something is like, you can either choose to laugh or cry, right? Some, uh, most yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So laughter is better. And it, it, really, it really does, you know, make you feel, it's, it's funny, it makes you feel a bit stupid at the same time, but you know what? You had a good, good laugh and then you sort of forget about the stress. So yeah. it's, it works out. <laughs> As and, funny and, as know, it may sound. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you seem like a really kind of, I mean, this is the first time we're having a conversation and you seem yeah. like a really down to earth, like really cool guy, <laughs> you know, uh, um, and, and, and super humble, uh, which, I'm, which I'm really glad to see. You know, I mean, you obviously <laughs> represented the country. So that, that's amazing. Yeah, thank so, you. I, yeah. I try, I try. <laughs> low key, yeah. low key. Low <laughs> key. <laughs> Uh, what advice uh, would you give someone who's like a young athlete who wants to compete at the world stage, right? What would you say to them? I think there's, there's two things I would like to say. Because mm. <laughs> how, how I work things out is one way I'm, I'm very realistic into what I want to be able to achieve. Mm. Uh, it's, it's always great. People want to set goals and all that. Uh, but in the end, if you can say, I want to be the world's fastest runner. But if you don't even start running, how are you going to be that? So it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So for me, one, one advice I would give is to get to the world stage. A lot of us have hopes and dreams for that. The first thing you're going to do, you're going to put it into action and find out how you can get there. Mm-hmm. A lot of us want to do something, but we don't know how. Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. first step to, mm-hmm. to being able to achieve that. You're going to mm-hmm. figure out your path your road, mm. how you're going to go about it. And mm. once you know that, you're just going to make sure to stick to it, mm. right? If you want to get to the world stage, no problem. You're going to, you're going to just understand that it's going to be a long journey. Mm. Um, it's going to be tough. But if you stick to it, you go according to your plan, you, you make small adjustments and just a lot of sacrifices is going to happen, you'll be able to get there mm. or get mm. at least somewhere close to that. You know, mm. a lot of us like to be um, hand, given handouts, mm. uh, which is great. Nothing mm. wrong about that. Hey, if someone <laughs> wants to help you, that's great. But yeah. that doesn't happen to everybody. That's right. right? Uh, a lot of us have to figure out on our own. You know, the world is always changing. 21st century, you don't know what's going to happen. Look at this mm. pandemic. <laughs> that yeah. We're in, yeah, yeah, agree. Right? Yeah. So we just have to be able to, to stay true to what we want and figure out a way. Mm. Like, mm. for example, a lot of businesses now probably are struggling with, with this COVID. Mm. Um, but the, the good businesses will be able to somehow overcome it by finding ways to do it. So when mm. there's a will, there's a way, that's for sure. Mm. So it's like, so you set, like you, set, you set that goal and then along the way, you just have to because you're, you're going to face so many unexpected challenges. Yeah. Right? So you just exactly. kind of have so to figure you, out how to keep going. In a way, you go with the flow, but at the same time, so if you break it down, right, uh, you, have, you have your main goal. You want to be at mm. the world stage, right? Mm. In order to get there, you set small goals. Mm. You get this mm. means it shows some result. You get the next thing, it's slowly leading up to that. And then in between all of that, if there's something that happens, you find a way to go around it. Mm. And mm. I think that would be one way to, to look at it. It may not be the best way for everybody, but it's one way that you guys can take into consideration. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of small goals, actually. Like, uh, like what you said yeah. earlier, like, you know, if you, you say you want to be like an amazing runner, but, you know, you have to start running. Yeah. Like, you, you exactly. know, that's, that's the first step, it's, like start running. You got to start, know? yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the small steps, I find it's very helpful because you can you can gauge how, how well you're doing. You know, it's not too big of a jump from where you are. So mm. I, I, mm. I personally like that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, I myself, you know, I've actually done done this uh, bad habit a lot when I was younger in the sense that, you know, I sit around the table with my friends, we have a beer and everyone talks yeah. about this big dream that we're going to have. Oh, I we're going to do this. It's... And then next day I wake up and like, oh, it's not back to Forget about it. It's okay. <laughs> but you know it. what? Those nights are fun though. Not going to lie. Those are fun <laughs> times where, hey, maybe something sparks out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what sparks out of one of these beer nights? Uh, See? Because the, the main difference was I followed through um, yeah. but but it's very common uh, as in, uh, even things mm-hmm. like let's say a very com uh, a very common thing a lot of people want to do is let's say oh, I want to lose weight you know like, like let's yeah. say like, right and and then but then yeah. to do like the exercise every day is really to get hard. into it yeah exactly. it's really hard so like, I want to get in shape goals, I want right? to be fit and then yeah. uh, tomorrow yeah. tomorrow become tomorrow 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 before you know it you're twenty pounds heavier yeah yeah <laughs> like, no I agree right so it's like those, but it happens it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so to everyone like listening goal. out there exactly you know to everyone listening out there don't worry you're not the only one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there are a lot of us like like you there so don't worry oh yeah yeah 100% so, so for example like warp is obviously somewhere now but I'm uh-huh. not like this with every aspect of my life you know a lot of yeah, parts of my yeah. life I, I set a goal and I don't follow through you know so yeah, <laughs> yeah so following through is actually very important like having know, those that's, small that's a tough goals. one exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Um, and so, um, you mentioned in the interview, right, Julian, that one of the hardest parts of figure skating is to make it look easy. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> how much practice, right, do you actually have to put in to achieve this goal, right? What does a daily practice actually look like for you? I mean, this is like pre-COVID, like, not that like you're yeah. stuck at home. Yeah. Like how, yeah, what does it like, what do you do daily? <laughs> There's one thing that, that coaches will always say, there's not enough practice in this world to make you good, like mm. perfect. There's mm. always room for improvement. They always say that, right? And and the amount of practice that goes into it differs from everybody. But the usual training day would probably be like, you, know, you wake up, you have about at least four hours of training, between three to four, right? Uh, depending on the day, depending on how you are with your body. Uh, sometimes you feel more sore, you take a little bit lighter day. Uh, and that's on ice training. And then after that, we have our off-ice training as well. Uh, normally, we rotate between cardio, um, strengthening, ballet, and dance. So mm. each day is different. So we just change things up a little bit. And then some days, we'll have off-ice first, for example, ballet, and then mm. on the ice, and then a workout at the end. So all in all, we're looking about five hours of training. Wow. Okay. Five hours of training. Five hours it's of not, physical training, right? Like you're just like yeah, yeah. Doing I mean, right? think if you think of it this way, it's not really a lot. Twenty out of twenty-four hours in a day, but but the amount of like energy you have to put in for each training that takes a lot, right? Um, so again, it differs from from a lot of different people. Um, and then mm. there's like elite athletes or you know some athletes who just want to do it for fun. Different style of training, but. Generally speaking, I think most skaters out there train about four or five hours a day. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. 
and uh, four five sounds like a lot to me lah. Um, <laughs> I tried, I tried doing like the kettlebell swing the other day, and I think I lasted uh-huh. ten min ten minutes. <laughs> it's a start. It's a start. Okay, it's better than nothing. <laughs> four five hours every day, and then does your body have time to recover? Because it's like every day, right? That's nonstop. Uh, so usually, like here in Canada, uh, we have well weekends off or Saturdays a half day. Mm. So we have mm. at least one full day of recovery mm. and then we get back into it. So it, it depends on every, every skating school is different. Like for us, we do a, a five day week, Saturday is maybe half day. And then on mm. Monday, we slowly ease back into it again. So by Tuesday, it's more full on. Mm. We don't like right away, change it from zero to a hundred. We gradually get there so that we prevent injuries and all that as well. And, right. um, and yeah, the recovery phase is not just doing nothing at home. It's also like stretching and all that. Uh, making mm. sure that our muscles are in good condition. Mm. So, yeah. And the reason why I say five doesn't sound like a lot because if you compare to someone who's working, they work a nine to five job. Mm. <laughs> that's that's more than five hours. That's but, an interesting point. Yeah. Mm. But if you, in a way as well, our when we train, it's also pretty much a, before actually we start about seven, eight, we finish about four, five o'clock because of the mm. breaks in between as well. Mm, um, mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's one that's the reason why I'm like oh okay this sounds a bit short because people work like 12 hours or whatever <laughs> I kind of think mm, you know mm. uh, but that's why that's why I look at it that way la. Mm. But, but I think with physical physical work is different. Yeah, it's a it's right. different line, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I like I said, like I, you know, I can work eight hours, nine hours a day, but I can't swing a kettlebell for ten minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, true, I think very true. The intensity of a physical workout is very different. I think when yeah. people work in the office, sometimes you're just sitting down for the laptop yeah. and you're just thinking. Or the screen is looking at you, not you're looking at the screen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're autopilot, you know. It's like, oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so seeing that it's like it's a daily four or five hours, right? There, uh-huh. I imagine there will be days where you don't feel like it. Like, like, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Like, would, yeah, yeah, you would. Oh, yes, so how, yeah. how <laughs> you wake up like, oh, no, I'm doing this today. Like, but how do you keep yourself disciplined? It's, it's very, how, let's put it this way. It all comes back to the, to the goal that we set at the start. You, you got to reflect back. Why are you doing this? Right? No one is forcing you to do it. You want to do it yourself. So why? And then you just think of it that way. And you know, you're like, okay, right. I want to get this done in order to get this done. I have to do this. So even though you feel like very sien today, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm so lazy. You, you somehow just got to push yourself through it, whether you like it or not. So the day may not be as productive as how a day where you feel energetic, but at least you're still getting some things done. Mm. So it's there. And there are days, you know, we always go up and down. It's like a roller coaster. Uh, but just giving yourself the, the reason why you're doing this, I think will mm. help a lot. Mm. Mm. And, and it also does help, especially in a training environment where you have a good set of training mates as well mm. uh, you know one thing is like work you you go to work if you don't like the people at work then you're like i don't want to do this but mm. if you enjoy you know seeing your colleagues and all that uh, joking around a little bit here and there then it gives you a bit more motivation to to want to go in mm. and you keep each other accountable and you're yeah, like friends exactly. right like, kind like, of like... yeah especially with athletes we are pushing each other mm. all the time 
right? Mm-hmm. If this if this guy can do it, I also want to do it. You know, then it's like a friendly competition kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one way that we we also can look at it. Mm-hmm. So um uh so seeing that your uh, I think one of the things that people always wonder, right? For someone that performs at a very high level, because I understand what your day looks like. Like it's obviously mm-hmm. four five hours of training and all that, right? So what does after training look like? Like, do you also chill like a normal person? Or are you like, are you watching TV like the rest of it, us? Or, you know? It really depends. It really depends. <laughs> uh, for myself, so if, like, if we look at when, because when, right now I'm on break for university, when I was, when I was still like in my semester, uh, the day would normally go like I wake up because I, I also teach and I coach as well. So mm-hmm. I would wake up in the morning, early coach and then skate and train myself, right? Um, and then go to go to class in uni. And by the time I come back, if if I'm a short day at university, I come back again in the evening to teach a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I come home, uh, finish whatever assignments I have, you know, cook some dinner, and then repeat again the next day. So that is like the long days. And yeah. then whenever there is time, yeah, like TV, chill with friends, go out on the weekend or whatever. That's definitely something that I enjoy. La. <laughs> and also sleep. Sleep is also right, very sleep. nice for me. <laughs> Catching up on sleep. I remember back when I was so much younger, my parents were like, you go bedtime, bedtime, bedtime. I'm like, no, I don't want to sleep. Now it's the complete opposite. Oh, know, really, if, yeah. you, if I can sleep now, I will sleep. That kind of you thing. Sleep. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's really funny that, you know, when your parents want you to do something, you don't want And then now when you can't do it, you sort of like think that, oh my, the amount of sleep I could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose when your day is so packed like you, right? Uh, having that sleep <laughs> is like so amazing. <laughs> it is. And, and you know what? This, this pandemic has given me the time to, to recuperate all my sleep back. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, it's, it's like a, a mini break, that kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I, I might tell people like, um, yeah, it's obviously bad what's happening, but the, on the bright uh-huh. side, it's actually because it's made everyone, it's forced everyone to stay home. Stay, yeah, exactly. Spend time with family Spend and all that Spend time, too. you know. Yeah, you, so you do Correct. things that you wouldn't normally do because everyone's so busy Correct. chasing life, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also made a lot of businesses realize that people can actually work from home. Mm, yeah, and you can I cut agree. down a lot and save a lot. <laughs> mm, yes, you don't need the big uh, office, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Overhead cost is gonna be much less. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good for some businesses, not so good for some. So mm, uh, everybody mm. everybody has a different experience in these times. Mm, agreed. So I'm gonna rewind to your childhood a little bit, right? So you uh-huh. you, you know you, you actually had to sacrifice a lot, I suppose, as yeah. a child. When I used to sacrifice to steal as in like, you know, you didn't get as much time yeah. to play with and yeah, that, right? Yeah, and through yeah. teenage years, because you're practicing. So, how did you kind of balance that whole thing? Family, friends, and like your, your <laughs> studies, you know, because you went to high school, obviously. And uh. a second question would be, <laughs> what advice uh, would you give to like a young person right now who is thinking about stuff like that? Like, oh, I, do I really have to sacrifice certain things in my life in order to achieve a, a dream? Okay. Huh. Okay, where should I start? <laughs> All right, let's start with trying to balance out. See, now I'm trying to balance out the question too. Uh, I think one thing that I've learned uh, that's very important when, when you have so many things going on is the people you surround yourself with. 
having friends and family that are able to understand your situation really does help a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in my case, uh, most of this actually was towards in secondary school. Primary school, yeah, if we, we were still kids, we'd like to have fun, but you didn't have much of a say anyway. If your parents say no means no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so majority of it that I learned was in, in secondary school where, you know, um, a lot of times if we want to go out with friends, hang out, watch a movie or this and that, um, they would understand if, if I can't make it. They know I really want to. And if, if I can't, they, they, they're like, okay, that's fine. No worries. We understand what's going on. Um, and with, with studies as well, you know, because if I'm competing, I'm out of the country, I have to go and train. Uh, I, miss, I do miss quite a few classes and, and trying to catch up is um, it's when, you know, you can ask your friends, okay, did I miss anything? What do I have to do? Um, and, and they'll be there having your back. So that really helped a lot for me. And just having the responsibility and being proactive, especially with studies. So I'm going to be very honest. I'm not a straight A student. Uh, my mom calls me an ABC student because <laughs> I got A's, I got B's, I got C's. Uh, the good thing is my C's uh, towards the end of my secondary, not so much really. Only at the start. <laughs> so AV student, I've upgraded to AV student. <laughs> AV um, student. <laughs> so the, yeah, being proactive, asking the teachers, you know, uh, what you, what's needed from, from them before it's due. So like I said, I travel a lot for competitions and all that. So I know that if there's an assignment that I have to hand in and I'm away at that week, I get it done a week before and hand it in before I leave. So that eliminates fun stress so that when I'm competing, I don't have to think about homework. <laughs> mm. I, that's already done. And then uh, because of that, I have less one thing to do, less one thing to think of. Everything goes a bit more smoothly. So just being more proactive and you know, finding out things for yourself uh, mm. because in the end, it's your grades, you know, it's your time, it's how is your results. So you have to own up to yourself and you know, get, get things done. Um, so that you know you don't get caught up in the end and then mm-hmm. another thing for me is prioritizing really help with time management sometimes we have so many things to do that we don't even know where to start <laughs> you know you have this and then this and suddenly all of a sudden you're doing this and something else comes into your mind oh crap I have to do this as well uh, just listing them out I find if I list them out and then I write what's most important first or what is needed first like when's the due date for this i have to get this done by when and then from there it sort of gives me a clearer picture of where where i can start with whether i have to do this work or i have to finish up something or i have to hang out with my friends first whatever it may be it it, it i find like listing it out you know it, it helps a lot to to narrow down where you should start and then one by one you slowly take it off to this so that's oh, wow. pretty much how you, I, I you you're really doing this at a young age uh, listing down tasks uh, and prioritizing. Yeah, I think I think it's because like primary school itself really had to sort of primary school is a struggle because I didn't really understand this yet, and mm. because of that, I think when I went to secondary school, it made life easier because I already sort of knew what was coming my way, that you know I have to do this, 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 and then because primary school a lot of things was planned by parents. Okay, after school you go tuition, after tuition you go and skate, right, and. And homework was, was very simple, <laughs> right? Mm. Whereas mm. in secondary school, it gets a little bit more tricky where, you know, you have to do your own assignments. Uh, you got different activities in school as well. 
you know, sports and whatever other clubs that you join. Um, so that's when your parents are not involved. You have to do it. And that's when I sort of like, okay, figured out, okay, this is the system that works for me. Mm. And mm. when it went to university as well and, you know, training more, it was, a, I would say, an easier transition because I sort of already had that going on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So and, and, that, that and, was for me, time management, yeah. Time management, like even with your social life, right? Uh, that, yes. That part of time. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one thing that my friends always say, wow, you have to put me down in your calendar, is it? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> always. Oh, but I get it. I get it. Actually, I have to like, book you I, two I, weeks in advance. Yeah. It? yeah, it's like uh, I always get shit from them. <laughs> I I learned this lesson uh, much later in life. But yeah, you have to plan these things too, in a way. Uh, if you're yeah. very busy, la, I suppose. Uh, yeah, especially when there's so many things and you don't know where to start. Yeah, uh, and yes. The other question I remember now, <laughs> whether you have to sacrifice things. Um, mm. I personally, I believe yes. If you want something, it's this world. I, I feel is always a give and take. Mm. You want something, you you not necessarily always, but you might have to give up something else, mm. right? It's we can't have the best of both worlds. So it depends on how bad you want it. Mm. If you really want it, you'll be willing to give something up, mm. and. And hopefully it's the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's the right choice. But yeah, I I believe that that if you want something and it's a give and take, a lot of things yeah. is a give and take. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Like um, so so in the in the working world, the corporate world, for example, uh, a lot of people use this phrase like work life balance, which I think you know yeah, I, I think it's balance, important. Yeah. In, yeah, I get what it's going, the direction it's going, yeah. but also the, the the concept for me is more of like. Yeah, but you still have to kind of choose what is more important yeah. to you. Like, it's Correct. your decision Correct. at the end, right? You want to spend yeah. more time with family or you want to yeah. you know, get a higher pay? Yeah, yeah. So it's up to you. And there's no yeah. right or wrong, but you have to decide for yourself. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not a 50-50, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, uh, if, like, if you're spending a lot of time at work and then your, your life or your family life is, you know, kind of you spend less time, you're neglected, yeah. that's kind of uh-huh. your call too. Yeah, you know, but you might make more money, la, And at the same time, yeah. the other way around, right? Yeah. Like it could be, it could be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, maybe you do this first, and then later on you switch to other things. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so you, so you're right. So you do have to like make sacrifices, but consciously, yeah. like, it's more important. Exactly. And you have to be, yeah. you have to realize, you know, you have to be willing to kind of give up a certain part because you want to focus yeah. on something else. And, yeah, and that you also means have, you can't have everything. You can't have everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also means you need to have really supportive friends, right? I imagine, like, and yeah. when you're growing up, you know. Yeah, yeah. All my friends are they're great. Like a lot of them understand uh, my situation, and yeah, so far I've I've been very fortunate to have friends like that. Mm, mm, right. So it's like even if you're not there, they're obviously cool. You're still you're still friends, and yeah, 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 time, definitely. You know, and whenever they find a, a way to roast me, they'll roast me. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> no, that's Always. good. <laughs> uh, I want to ask about the uh, skating academy you started, right? Uh-huh. So the Julian Yi Skating Academy. Can you tell us more yeah. about it, right? How, how did the thought of this come about? <laughs> so uh, I, I started coaching actually at a rather young age. Uh, I started part-time when I was 16 years old. Hmm. Um, and and from there, I, I really enjoy working working with, with other people, uh, and I do enjoy working with kids. I, 
I don't know. I find it very fun. Um, and the fact that I've already, you know, um, skated for so long, I've, I've got the, the opportunity to learn from different coaches from around the world. Uh, I thought it would be a great way to, you know, give back and share the knowledge as well, because not everybody would have the opportunity to, to learn from, let's say, a coach from China, a coach from US or Canada, and this and that. So to me, it was, number one, a good way to, to give back to community mm. and to develop the sport within the region mm. and also at the same time earn some pocket money. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it started off as part-time coaching. Then I did some seminars, some workshops here and there. And then um, it came to a point where, you know what? It would be good to to develop the sport because that's mm. that's the main goal. I, I really want to see that Malaysia and Southeast Asia grow in this sport because I think there's so much talent we have um, just that with the right direction that we have and, you know, um, to, to minus out all the mistakes that I made because my journey was so long because of all the mistakes I made and I had nobody to learn it from mm. because the first one to try, then wrong, try again. You know, yeah. whereas now yeah. that I've made all the mistakes, I hope that the future generation won't have to make the same thing and learn from my mistakes. Mm. So their path is going to be much shorter um, so that's when I decided, you know what, this could be a thing that I can start the academy, um, get the sport going, develop, hopefully get more skaters and you know, show the world that people in Southeast Asia can, can actually skate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, yeah. So, it's one of the things that uh, I suppose it's not so obvious to people because we, we are like a tropical country, right? Like yeah, figure skating, exactly. ice skating, they don't yeah. think about it automatically. <laughs> yeah. So, right? so you're like, kind of like representing that in a way. Uh, yeah, because when I when I first went out to compete, people in Malaysia, you know, like, they're like question marks all over their head, like where's this kid from? And <laughs> now, people are slowly to like taking um, notice at Southeast Asia because we have other countries as well who are excelling in the sport, and it's great to see that because, like I said, we have so much talent. And, and coming back to what you said just now about the physique, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our physique is actually perfect for skating. We're not too, we're not too big. You know, a lot of our skaters are a little bit more slender, more petite, which is great for skating. And and I think we should use that to our advantage, mm. you know, and and develop ourselves and, and improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where's the where's the skating uh, your skating academy base is in Malaysia? Where is it based? <laughs> it's based yeah. wherever it wants to be. <laughs> so it's based where you are. Is it? <laughs> currently, it's the idea of it is it's a floating academy. So um, it's pretty much whenever I come back to Malaysia, I host workshops or I do private lessons. And what I do is I bring in coaches from Canada as well to to Malaysia to do the workshop. Right. So instead of having so many kids coming to Canada, I bring the coaches there and at least everybody would have an opportunity to at least experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I don't have my own ice rink, they're very expensive to build. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know if there's anybody who wants to build an ice rink, hey, let me know. Uh, I'll be more than happy to, to discuss you know, what we can do. Uh, but yeah, because a lot of the ice rinks back home are in shopping malls. Uh, and they, the thing about shopping malls, in the end, it's still more for recreation. We have our own uh, academies in each mall that, that also does lessons and all that for skating. Um, but because they're all under the mall itself, 
the the group um it's it's hard for me to to be based in a specific ice rink so generally, I'm I'm just wherever there's availability. Uh, depending on if I come back or if some coaches come over, and then also sometimes I go to Indonesia for for camps as well. So right now we're just a floating academy. Oh, nice! And and when's the yeah. next time you're planning to like come back uh, to do this uh, like for the training? So yeah, so normally my intention was to come back sometime now mm. in July. Um, but because of the current situation we're in, it's not feasible or mm. it doesn't make sense. Mm. Uh, the next hope would be December, hopefully, end mm. of the year. But again, uh, everything right now, it's, it's just plan to, whether we mm. execute it or not, depending on the situation. Mm. Um, mm. That will depend. Mm. Okay, nice. So December. So if, if someone wanted to like... Uh, find out more about this or to know when your plans might so happen but how do they we, know how do they follow um, I think you can check out our website at juniorskatingacademy.com uh, uh, that's where normally we post whatever if you have camps or any workshops we'll get it posted there or just follow our Instagram at juniacademy uh, that's normally where we, we that's normally updated first and then the website <laughs> because mm. it's much more easier to update on Instagram uh, so if you want latest updates, yeah, just follow us on Instagram. That would be ideal. And then every now and then, check our website to see uh, what else we're offering. Nice. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll include links to the, uh, the Skate Academy in the show notes for anyone who's actually mm-hmm. kind of curious and interested. You can check out the links there. Uh, so yes. what, are you looking, <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most, I suppose, for your Skating Academy? Do you see this as a long-term thing? Um, let's say, you know, at one point, maybe if, you, if you're not actually doing as in like not competing anymore, do you think you'll be uh-huh. focusing on this instead? Yeah, definitely. It's it's something that I would like to see it grow and and uh, develop into something more solid. You know, hopefully that some sometime we get our permanent ice ring, our base, our home base for this academy instead of floating around. Uh, that would be really ideal. And then from then on to develop, like I said, the sport, not just athletes, but also coaches, uh, everything in general that's related to skating because right now we are only looking at single skating in Malaysia, right? There's, there's another two, three more different disciplines in skating that we can also take into consideration. But because we're still so new, we don't have the expertise there yet. So hopefully once this is more solid, everything grows, we can expand further to more different uh, disciplines. And then also, can't forget about the other ice sports. There's so many other ice sports out there. You know, we have short track speed skating, speed skating, ice hockey, um, curling, ringette. Mm. So mm. there's a whole variety that, that Malaysia is still not um, open to. And hopefully mm. with that, we can slowly integrate things in and, you know, just grow bigger and, and hopefully, you know, become a, a better figure skating nation in, mm. in this world. Wow, so, sounds like your vision is to transform Southeast Asia, to bring ice sports <laughs> to Southeast Asia. <laughs> to develop, to develop, to help develop, and, you know, give to back develop. a bit. Because I, I really, yeah, I really see the potential there. A lot of skaters that we have right now actually are also very talented. And, and we want to make sure that we are able to nurture them so that they have a, a much easier path. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Because we don't um, only want Malaysia once at the Winter Olympics. <laughs> we want them consecutively <laughs> more and more and more. 
Yeah. So that that be this be like the first step, right? The first step yeah. to first many step, more steps step. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to move on to quick fire questions now. So All let's right. See how quick we can go. <laughs> uh, okay. First question: What scene from a movie or TV show uh, was super memorable to you uh, and left you a lasting life lesson? Life lesson. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe a very memorable lesson. Like kind of stuck with you, right? A oh scene my. from a movie or TV show. Scene from a movie. Mm. Oh my, my. Okay, this is not rapid at all. Uh, <laughs> think, come on, think, Julian, think. Uh, why am I always thinking of all just comedy movies? Then There's no lessons think. there. Uh, <laughs> well, the lesson is to laugh, I guess. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God. Oh my. I would say maybe, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Wow, 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 wow. Oh my, stress, no stress. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I like to end all podcasts, by stressing Uh, out our guests. Stress. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me see. uh, What movies, what what movies, oh my God, so many movies I like. I guess it would have to be oh my you know what I think it's like it's it's not really a lesson but what really kept with me is um as as a mindset and, and how we look at things is uh as funny as it may sound the Fast and Furious franchise Mm. It's always about family, family, family. And I think family is really important. Mm. Uh, whether mm. it's like blood relatives or just friends who you consider family. I think that really, if you stick together, it's it's a great thing that we can have. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Okay. Next next question. Is there a non-fiction book that you've read? I'm not sure whether you have time to read a lot, but is there a non-fiction book that you've read that you believe everyone should read? Quick <laughs> fact, I don't really read. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you don't have time to read. <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not gonna lie, very honest, I don't really enjoy reading. Okay. So, okay, so I'm gonna put it out there. Okay, I got no shame. <laughs> hey, I my my saying is, you know, if there's a book that is so good they'll make it to a movie. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then no, say, but you don't know. Then they're like, oh, but you don't know much about the movie. You know, say, like, well, I wouldn't know anyway because I don't read the book, so I don't know what I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably would have watched it as a movie. Yeah, I just I'll just watch it as a movie. If if I don't know about it, then I know I'm not missing out. Then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, uh-huh. What's the best piece of career advice that you've received from a mentor? Or someone that you respect? It would have to be focus on what you have and what you can do and not on what you don't have. Mm-hmm. That that's I think really that's very it really yeah, it really made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what you have what you can control, that's only mm-hmm. what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the the problem is a lot of people do focus on what they don't have, right? without realizing they have so many advantages already. Yeah, exactly. So look at what you have, what you can improve on, what you can do with it, instead of thinking, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this. Because if you don't have it, you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Next question. Who is your role model? Um, someone that's not in your family uh, and why? No, I think my, my coaches. Your coaches? They're, my coaches are they're a huge part of my upbringing as well. So even even my previous coach, my ex-coach in Malaysia, he, he's, they've all taught me a lot of valuable lessons and how to be as a person. You know, a lot, I actually, I learned a lot more from sports and, and from them uh, as compared to values from school. Mm, mm. School is great to, to learn to mix around and all that. And obviously your education, but life lessons, I think a lot from it from sports. From sports, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next question. Um, what object have you purchased in the last 12 months that costs less than a thousand ringgit. Oh, well, you're in Canada now, right? What's the equivalent of a thousand ringgit in Canada? $300. Uh, yeah, about $300, right? About It <laughs> costs less than $300 that you believe has a tremendous positive impact on your life. <laughs> <laughs> we ask very strange questions. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. What uh, object have you purchased in the last 12 last, months? In the less last than 12 months. Less than three hundred dollars. A lot of things I purchased less than three hundred dollars because anything more than that I won't buy. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my gosh! I can't even think of back to twelve months. Let's let's just look at this year. Uh, mm. You know what? I <laughs> this is off the top of my head. I bought a tripod for my phone. Okay. So that I can so I can record videos that I can post onto YouTube about like mm. off ice exercises for jumps. So I I I don't I think that's quite positive that you know I'm able to to show some exercises that you know hopefully some other people can watch and maybe learn from. Right. Yeah. right. So <laughs> and it, no, so so the tripod <laughs> basically helped you create videos for YouTube, right? That simple better purchase. quality videos. Better quality videos. <laughs> because before that I've been using whatever I have books or whatever to hold it up you know right. so the tripod has made my life a lot easier oh I, yeah. I might buy <laughs> you know whenever, whenever I interview someone I do that and they, and they and they tell me an object I almost always buy it so <laughs> <laughs> this is where like, oh I have to spend money on a tripod impulsive now. buying you know impulsive what buying. That's, that's one thing that, that the pandemic has brought out of us <laughs> online shopping Online shop. Oh yeah, yeah. I I have deliveries coming to me every two days. Very, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you could make a video go viral, and the video carried a message that's important to you, what message would that be? Wow. Oh, very deep stuff. <laughs> um, you know what? I think I would say the message would be somewhat along the lines of just. Being yourself and and sort of like staying true to what you want to do. You know, a lot of us are doing things for someone else or because of peer pressure. And to be able to to do what you like, provided it's something good, let's put it this way, in the right, in the right way, in the right path. Um, I think that's very important because if, if a lot of us are able to do what we actually like and what we actually want to do, I think there'll be so many more 
experts in the world because you actually enjoy what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Rather than instead of, you know, I have to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. Mm. And you might be you might be able to do that, but maybe you're just mediocre. Mm. Instead of mm. let's say I really enjoy, for example, photography or whatever, and you become a really good photographer. Mm. Because that, I think, with that, you're at least more happy. Mm. And when you're happy, you're more positive. And then the world mm. becomes a bit more positive as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because yeah. if, you, if yeah. you enjoy doing it, as it becomes from here, uh, then, yeah. then, you know, you can you, you yeah. go longer, right? You go further. Exactly. Right? exactly. You're driven by yourself. There's, there's the initiative to, to want to do more, you mm. know. And, mm. and I think it's now I see that more than you know probably 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. but yeah just just to keep keep that going it'll be great mm. cool next question what's the skill that you have uh which other people might find surprising but it's been useful to you in your career or your life what's the skill they have yeah might be surprising. what's the skill <laughs> uh what's the skill oh my god can be any skill like can be life skills you know i can cook <laughs> you can cook oh okay like what what do you cook? whatever you want me to cook <laughs> oh nice <laughs> I, I like to just try things like experiment things out you know i i i mean the food i make can eat one la. Okay. <laughs> it's edible so <laughs> <I do. laughs> it's helped me in life i would say help you survive la. <laughs> exactly uh, cool. Next question. Last two. Last two questions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, what do you miss most uh, before the pandemic hit? What do I miss most? Uh, I think it's well, like in general. In general, yes. Oh my. I think it's just the 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 availability or the 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 chance to just do what you want to do and not think of so much consequences with health risk. You know, um, if I want to travel, book a ticket, make plans, travel, or, you know, you want to go out to eat, you can just go and not be too, I know it's not a good thing. We should always think about our health, <laughs> but you know, that sort of carefree, carefree kind of life. Yeah, sort yeah. of, and, and that's quite nice. And and now, yeah. what's funny is that it's it become almost a normal thing already. That you know, you you definitely that's the first mindset. Okay, sanitize your hand, do this, wear a mask. It's become so normal. So I think that's I don't mind it. I mean, whatever it is that we can help to to stop this, but um, I think yeah, being more carefree was probably something that that I miss. Oh yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, so as as an introvert, I'm a very introverted person. I tell people all the time, uh-huh. oh, I don't mind the lockdown, I like staying home. But <laughs> just the idea that I'm not supposed to go out, you know, I, I just don't, don't like that. It you like, back, right? You want to be yeah, a rebel yeah. there? Like, I want to yeah, go out. Like, yeah, no one can tell okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if you allow me to go out, I should prefer to stay home. But now that I, I can't go out, I want to go out. <laughs> See, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with my sleeping thing, you know? Last time they right. want me to sleep, I don't want, now I want to sleep, cannot. Now you want to sleep. <laughs> uh, Last question. What uh-huh. does the word success mean to you? Success to me is when you feel like you have given your best and um, are happy with 
with what you have. That is success. Whether or not you actually reach your goal, I think knowing the fact that you've given 100%, you have gotten something out of it, that is already success because it's already one step from where you started. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't Most necessarily have to be the end goal. Exactly. You, you move right. one step forward. So that's right. already Do your 100%, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's to me. <laughs> cool, nice. So thank you, Julian, for being yeah, on the podcast. Absolutely. I really love no having problem. you. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was like, um, yeah, when we first reached out, you know, we didn't realize we we're in Canada. Uh, but perhaps uh, <laughs> uh, next time, you know, if when you are coming back to Malaysia yeah. like in December, if you're doing yeah, like yeah. the your, your skating academy, let me know. I'll help give yeah, you a sure. shout out. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Coming, <laughs> you know, like go go join, thank you very go much. join the, the academy, go learn how to figure skate. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for sure. yeah, awesome, and maybe I'll meet you then. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things work out, and I'm able to come back in December. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, All right, well, yeah, cool. thanks so much again for this. Really, really had a great time, and yeah, have a good day. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit that subscribe button whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to have a great career or if you want to succeed in business, um, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia and hopefully you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, We have many, many more amazing people joining us soon and we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So again, do hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by WAP, the leading professional youth jobs platform in Malaysia. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, do also check us out at wopjobs.com. That's W-O-B-B jobs.com. Thank you again and I look forward to to share the next episode with you soon.